live in a digital first world. But if you've ever had to have a MacBook fixed or wanted to check out the latest iPhone, you know it's all about the in-person experience. Visit a Florida Blue Retail Center, and the same can be said for healthcare coverage and services. The human touch still matters. This episode of The Next Big Thing in Health is brought to you by Accenture, helping health insurers transform with intelligent automation. What does it mean to be an intelligent payer? To find out how your organization can apply artificial intelligence to achieve meaningful change, visit Accenture.com backslash AHIP and follow hashtag intelligent payer on Twitter and LinkedIn. Also, be sure to visit Accenture.com backslash AHIP to download the free Intelligent Payer Survival Guide. In today's episode of The Next Big Thing in Health, we talked to Pat Garrity, president and CEO of Florida Blue, about their Florida Blue Centers, which embrace the concept of the retail store as a community center. At those centers, people can do more than just shop for insurance. They can take a yoga class or learn how to save money and get the most out of their health benefits. Pat also shares how the combination of digital innovation with human experience supports Florida Blue's mission to improve local communities and and make healthcare more accessible. Pat, you are a busy guy. <laughs> well, thank you, and uh, happy to be with you today. Yeah, thank you so much for being with us. So I want to start with a little bit about you and really what drives you every day. What, you wake up and you're focused on uh, healthcare in your state, and, and so tell me what it is that drives you. Well, I'm actually passionate about healthcare and improving the quality of health uh, in our communities. When I first arrived at Florida Blue, the first thing we did is really take on what our mission would be. We had a very complex mission statement. It was long. It involved a lot of things about our structure. And we moved that mission statement to, to help people and communities achieve better health. That is our mission. Everyone in our organization has line of sight to it. And it's something I'm passionate about each and every day. And accessibility is number one with that, too. Tell me about wh how you are making healthcare more accessible for your residents? Well, first of all, I have a personal belief and our organization uh, stands on the belief that everyone should be covered. All of the people in our country ought to have access to health care. Uh, when you think about how wealthy a nation we are, we ought to take care of everybody. So it starts with that. Uh, we have a foundation that works across our state in all of our communities, really thinking about how we as a company can be not just an insurance company. That's something we do but we really are a health solutions company. So how do we bring the quality of healthcare up? How do we make it more affordable to people across our state? And one of the things we did is we made a commitment to be in every county in our state uh, for the Affordable Care Act. So we now cover 1.2 million people across our state. Um, many of those folks previously were not covered. And so that's a significant uh, difference that we've made in our community. That's a Pretty incredible accomplishment and uh, something to, I'm sure, be admired by many other organizations. You launched 75 years ago in Florida, so you have quite a history as the Florida Hospital Service Corporation and then evolved to Florida Blue. Um, in, 20, in 2006, you opened, to create more accessibility, your first retail center. And, um, and today you have about 20 centers, retail centers in We're Florida? up to 26 now. Amazing, all right. So tell me, what number one, what is the retail center and what, what do you offer inside of, uh, of the centers? So one of the stories I like to tell about the retail centers is we were opening one in Tallahassee and I was there for the grand opening and someone runs up to me and says, 
why would you br build brick and mortar? Everything can be done online today. Everything should be done online. You're wasting money here. And my response was, why did Apple build Apple stores? Mm -hmm. Our product, more expensive, more confusing, and more personal to the user. And therefore, we want that interaction with our customers. And the proof's in the pudding. Last year, we had almost 400,000 unique customer visits to our retail centers. If you go to our retail centers, you're rating our service at 92% satisfied for customer service, where you can actually walk in, we'll deal with your claim face-to-face. -face. We have clinicians there who will set a health uh, improvement plan for you based on your particular needs. We do education classes, so we'll talk to people about nutrition counseling. We'll do flu shots. Uh, some of our communities have said to us they want yoga classes. We do yoga classes. The last retail center I was in, there were 65 seniors doing yoga in the middle of our, in the middle of our center. So we really build these around what are the health improvement, the health solutions things that that community needs and wants and they really have resonated very, very well with our membership. Well, and I understand you also uh, partner with food banks and you offer literacy programs in the health centers too. We do. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, across Florida, uh, a couple of years ago, a book that we produced uh, was read by every school student in, in elementary schools across the state, and it was called Habit Heroes. And we put that book together in conjunction with folks at Disney and Marvel, and it really featured uh, these animated characters, if you will, that bring the health messages that we wanted to bring forward. So things like wearing sunscreen when you go out in the sun, being hydrated, eating vegetables, getting exercise. We made the concept fun for kids in elementary school, and it became the book that was read all across our state. That's pretty incredible. So it's not just about accessibility, but it's about engagement, about building trust. And what's been your reaction to the success of, of these retail centers? Well, I tell you, the, the fact that we have done these retail centers have really resonated with the people that we serve. Sort of the outcomes measure, if you will, is that in the Blue Cross Association, last two years running, we are the highest retention level of any plan in the country. And so that tells you that people are voting with their feet. They like what they're getting. And these centers really reinforce our connectivity uh, to the people that we're serving. And we get all kinds of very positive stories and good word of mouth from one person to the next. And in the industry, people were pretty, mar pretty much marveled in 2013 when we were first really going deep in this, where the New York Times came down and did a feature story on our retail centers. So right in the middle of the Affordable Care Act uh, controversy, if you will, which way it was going to go, uh, we were getting very positive press. Uh, in, a, in a publication like the New York Times, so people were pretty envious of that. Do you see other organizations starting to pick up on that and say, yes, I see this is working, we need to do more of this, taking care of the whole patient type of thing? Yeah, we do, actually. In fact, one of our little cottage industries at uh, Guidewell in Florida Blue is that we consult to other states. So we've helped now six or seven different states build retail centers, and we've got other people that are reaching out to us to help them build retail centers and the concept behind how do you build the center, you make it very accessible, uh, and you make it very welcoming to the populations that you're serving. And we've helped people go through that whole process of what goes behind building a center. Because when we started, it was a sales activity. 
and it has evolved dramatically. I've mentioned customer service. Now I've mentioned the healthcare management that we do there, the different classes that are done. We're also co-located in multiple locations with primary care delivery. And so we're constantly evolving the model to really address what's needed in the community that we're serving. So you talk about evolution, Where what's next? What does the future hold for this? Are you adding more centers? Will there be iterations of this? Sure, we continually look at how do we move this forward. Uh, the footprint on our centers has gotten smaller as we've tried to deploy more of these centers. The last few centers that uh, we rolled out are places like uh, the YMCA, co-located in their lobby in uh, Jacksonville. Uh, we've got a few that are in uh, retail strip mall uh, locations where it's very accessible uh, in the communities that, that uh, really wanted to see this service added for them. We have a couple of centers that are in Walmart stores. Mm. So we have looked at a variety of different ways of bringing these centers forward. And so we're going to continue to evolve uh, where we've got our centers and how are they engaging the community? And they are really, these centers are really showing the need to um, balance the increased role of technology with that personal touch that you're describing. So are there other ways that Florida Blue is using that combination to improve healthcare um, for your consumers? Yeah, if I can make one comment about the centers. So one, some people might wanna think that that's old technology. What we actually do is as we roll out a new application, most people don't just grab an application and run with it. They want a warm transfer. So we teach people in our centers how to use new applications. Mm -hmm. So people who come in, we show them how to use online technology, and it's a comfortable way for a member to uh, learn that and pick up that skill. So another place that we're doing that kind of thing is an organization we acquired out of Nashville, Tennessee called Pop Health. And one of the things that I most liked about Pop Health is they go into the home and they take care of chronically ill patients in the home setting. Mm. And so the idea here is to be with the patient, but also to bring technology to that home setting. We think there's a lot of healthcare that can be delivered comfortably in the home and outside of the hospital. And so Pop Health has really opened the door for us to do more of that. Huh, and, and is that, tell me how that's working. Is it, is it as successful as you were hoping? How, are, how will you evolve that? Yeah, it's working very well. I think we're rapidly scaling it. Uh, Pop Health was in eight states in the country before we acquired it. We brought it to Florida. You can imagine Florida is a big assignment. Mm -hmm. And so they're spending a lot of time uh, bringing Florida up to, up to scale. Um, but it has been working very well. Our data on, on our interactions with patients, very, very high levels of satisfaction, uh, lower levels of admissions of patients. Uh, and so we're seeing lots of very good indications mm. of how that will uh, bring both higher quality and lower cost. Uh, to our community, and that's really the the sweet spot we're all searching for. Mm -hmm. Well, and we were just talking about the role of technology. So, how can, in your opinion, um, insurance providers continue to drive the innovation and the collaboration to improve and personalize healthcare, which is you know so so necessary today? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of ways that uh, people can go after this. We made a major commitment, though. We built an innovation center in Lake Nona, and we put it in a health a community, if you will, where there's a lot of different health assets in the same uh, community. And our innovation center houses up to 20 early stage companies that we're incubating. Mm. 
Uh, they get to ping off of each other and learn. Uh, we make investments in some of these companies. We give them visibility to investors. And we're looking to have out of that uh, innovation center a launch of a, one of the new technologies that will really work. Mm. If you think about what we offer to an early stage company, we offer the opportunity to, if they're successful, to roll that out across our membership and then in turn market that across the country to other health plans. So it really is a great vehicle for an early stage company. And what I say to each of them is if you can think about what you're trying to do, make sure you understand your problem statement very, very clearly. And if at all possible, if you can make it apply to a smartphone, then you've got the leg up on launching something because you don't want people to have a new device unless it's absolutely necessary. But if you can uh, integrate that with a smartphone, you're a long way towards having a very successful new application. So all those people who say that the healthcare industry has been slow to embrace these new technologies, would you say that's not so, we're making the change, or is, is that a fair critique? You know, I think in general, the healthcare industry has to take um, some hit for not moving down this pathway as fast as possible. But I would tell you that our organization and many others like it are rapidly catching up on that. Uh, in fact, pushing the envelope on innovation. And we're doing it not because we're trying to do everything ourselves. We're integrating, we're investing in great partners. We've got numerous uh, technologies that uh, we've partnered with folks from uh, all over the country. Uh, and so that spirit of collaboration, I think, is what wins in the end game. So really looking for how do we advance the ball by being open to integrating new technologies into our environment. So what are the technologies that you believe could are the largest would have the largest and most immediate impact on healthcare and um, improving you know patient outcomes and the delivery of care. So I think there's a couple of different spaces that I would highlight. One is in analytics, where we're looking at data to help us understand not what happened. We uh, we do that and we've done a lot of that, but what will happen? Mm -hmm. So the predictive analytics is really the thing that will differentiate, helping us know who's going to get ill, and how can we work with them to prevent that or push that off. And then you're bringing value to somebody that you're serving. If you're highlighting uh, different issues that actually show them at risk, and you're bringing services to somebody ahead of when they get sick, that's really value added. So I think that particular service is definitely one that uh, we're, we're underscoring. And then as I mentioned with Pop Health, if we can make it possible for people to have their chronically ill uh, issues dealt with in the home setting, as opposed to through all of the regular institutional uh, settings, that's much more comfortable way. And we're finding a lot of people are very interested in, in being taken care of in that manner. Mm -hmm. So those are two areas I would highlight strongly. And I want to just take a, a quick peek at the private sector and, and get your opinion on how what you believe that the private sector does well in healthcare and what uniquely positions the private sector to solve the existing problems that we have. Yeah, I think the private sector is much more able to experiment, push the envelope, learn, adjust, move a pilot to a, a new phase quickly. Um, we are actually willing to take risk. Uh, we're willing to be out there and learn and educate ourselves and move rapidly. 
Um, no fault of government, but just by the nature of it, it takes longer and slower to move through a process. Mm -hmm. So the private sector can actually push that envelope and make it happen more rapidly. I think there's plenty of opportunity, though, for public-private partnerships where we're doing what we bring to the table well, and we can do it with a partner who's helping us on the policy side so that we clear the pathway for innovation, for experimentation, and for the best interest of who we all serve, and that's our members. Absolutely. And and as we mentioned at the top of this, um, 2019, this year, marks uh, Florida Blue's 75th anniversary, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, a lot has changed since the company established itself in 1944, but your mission obviously remains the same. So to help people, and which is to help people gain access in, um, in their health, to their health care and, and become more engaged. Um, AHIP also celebrating an anniversary this year, 60 years. So looking ahead to the next 60, 75 years, where do you think we're going in healthcare? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that are in front of us. And as a matter of fact, we talk about this all the time. We're in like inning one of game one of a seven game series. The amount of change that's still in front of us when we think about genomics, when we think about predictive analytics, when we think about the places that health and healthcare are going to go, there's so many changes in front of us. I have the uh, benefit of uh, going for the last four years now to Davos, where the World Economic Forum meets, and I'm one of the global ambassadors on healthcare. One of the interesting learnings for me was to go there and think, okay, the developing world wants to come and do what we in the Western world do. No, the lesson was the developing world wants to leapfrog us. Mm. They don't want to give up the things that they do well, locally grown vegetables yeah. and, and nutrition, exercise by walking and being you know, very active, community health workers in their space who are part of the everyday life. So there's lots of things in those settings that they love. They don't want to build all the hospitals that we've built. They can't afford it. And out of not being able to afford it, they're looking to leapfrog. We actually have a tougher change because we built this whole set of infrastructures and systems here that are overbuilt. And so how do we get to the next model where we incorporate the things that actually the developing world is teaching us that it really makes sense to have nutrition be a key part of how we think about health, to have activity, not just a formalized exercise program, but activity in your daily life be back as part of what every American uh, embraces. Uh, and thinking about how holistically everything impacts your health and your well-being. And so the system that we're headed to is some of it's back to the future, right? It's incorporating those basics back into our lives because more of our healthcare spend is about health than it is about the care component. And so we've got to get the health and healthy habits and that well-being all oriented back into our lifestyles. So that's a very critical part of the future. Technology is a piece of the future, and it is to influence that well-being, and it's also to make sure that when we, people are ill, that we're taking care of them in the most appropriate setting possible not always in an institution. And do you find that most health insurance providers are starting to understand those two things that you're mentioning here? I think so because you know we're on this collision course where we can't afford the path that we're on right now. 
And so we have to reinvent how we think about health and health care and the social determinants of health. All of those elements come together in rethinking what the model is. And I think there's tremendous opportunity in front of us. And we have to really think about how do we coordinate public policy so it is leading us in those right directions and that we don't head backwards uh, against all of the potential improvement that are out there. Very interesting conversation. Pat Garrity, President and CEO of Florida Blue, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Quick reminder that this episode of The Next Big Thing in Health is brought to you by Accenture, helping health insurers transform with intelligent automation. Did you know that artificial intelligence solutions can unlock billions of dollars in value for payers? To learn which six capability areas can generate the most value from AI, visit Accenture.com backslash AHIP to see the latest research from Accenture and to download the free Intelligent Payer Survival Guide. So we just had a really interesting conversation with Pat Garrity, President and CEO of Florida Blue, and I want to bring in Matt Isles, President and CEO of America's Health Insurance Plans, to get your reaction, Matt, to this conversation that uh, I just had with him. Uh, Pat spoke about personal nature, the personal nature of healthcare, not being a consumer good, but rather an intimate personal experience, uh, that it can involve some of the toughest decisions of your life. So in your opinion, Matt, how do you maintain that personal touch to care in an increasingly digital, data-driven world? First, let me just say, isn't Pat just a force <laughs> of nature? I love him. Uh, he is so passionate about healthcare, about making uh, communities and healthcare in his communities work better. I think it's just mm -hmm. so refreshing to hear from really refreshing. someone like Pat. Um, and I think he's touched on a really important point, which is, Healthcare is not a consumer good, a regular consumer good. It's not a commodity. It's very personal. And anything that we can do as an industry or as specific companies to make that experience more consumer-centered, more personal, I think we all believe that it will lead to a better outcome, not just for the health system, that's nice, but really for that individual, um, allowing them to figure out what's the best path forward to health for them and the examples you know, that he used, whether it was with the, the book that they um, created for children to really help them learn about health to the health centers and the you know, analogy to Apple and how complicated a product that healthcare is and health insurance is, um, I think they really have their finger on the pulse of, of how do we need to think about changing our healthcare system. Yeah, and think about the whole patient. Yep. And, and is there any other program quite like that that's doing that, or are they really pioneers in this space? Um, they certainly are a leader. Um, I, I know that there are a few others that have retail centers, but um, Florida Blue uh, Guidewell really was uh, one of the pioneers, at least in terms of getting out a retail presence uh, and getting in the community uh, where people live and receive health care and where, they, um, where they're going to have questions. Right? It's one thing to pick up the phone and talk to someone who you can't really look into their eyes, but it's another thing to be able to actually go and, and sit down and have a conversation or learn how to use technology 
and and leverage it in your own personal life. Yeah. So speaking of technology, what what is it that technology does well? What do people do well? And how do you bring the two together to collaborate, complement each other, um, rather than trying to you know cross over and do each other's jobs? Right. Well, I'll start with the people part first. Yeah. Um, so right, people uh, you hope are good listeners. Right. They can really um, understand someone because you're able to again um, hear how they're saying certain words or their expressions really how are they feeling about something to understand how important it is or, or what's really troubling them technology obviously ha hasn't gotten there yet and that's probably a good thing maybe it will one day with artificial intelligence right but is able to help simplify to provide uh, fast answers um, to really leverage data and resources and and help people um, to connect uh, when they can't have a personal uh, connection with someone else um, and, and really help people understand what options are, what the best path might be based on circumstances that you didn't even know about yourself right? as we're learning more about artificial intelligence and, and other really smart technologies like that. So how can we marry them together so that we're improving the patient-consumer experience, making it easier, simpler? Um, while it's still time uh, making it personal. And how does that interoperability lead to a better experience in the doctor's office or at the patient's home? How, how, how does that improve right. things? I, I mean, if we, can, if we can crack interoperability, you can envision a world where uh, going into the physician's office, uh, he has or she has all of your medical history right in front of them in real time married with your health insurance benefit information to know what's covered, what prescription drugs cost at what location, uh, and really can help you make more informed decisions based on your own personal and economic circumstances. How can you make sure that you're getting the, the highest quality at the lowest cost, um, and ways that might be more convenient or less convenient for your own personal situation. Um, it really should help empower um, physicians and patients to make the best decisions um, based on their own individual circumstances and their coverage. Mm -hmm. And we talk about Florida Blue being a pioneer. Do you see any other plans starting to head in that direction or starting to implement this community center model that Florida Blue has been? Um... So we know that uh, a lot of uh, health plans uh, are, are trying to develop more community-based uh, resources. I was on a trip to Puerto Rico uh, for one of our members uh, uh, earlier this year um, and spent the day touring different facilities, um, novel health centers that they have for their members. Uh, Triple M uh, has these senior community centers because they have a lot of Medicare Advantage. They have novel relationships with um, hospitals um, in the area, but it's not just people uh, in Puerto Rico, we see this across the country where we know in New York City, Emblem Health has made some significant investments. Um, big national plans are, are really recognizing that they need to operate locally. So uh, there's a lot of activity um, in this space and also uh, in those areas where um, health plans are operated by integrated delivery systems, right, that they have a physical presence already. So health partners up in uh, Minnesota, we know is, is doing these kinds of programs. They have the provider assets um, and they have the health plan and they're trying to find ways to marry them all together. That's great. Well, they provide a good model and Matt, it's great to get your insight on this. Thank Thanks you. very much.
This episode of The Next Big Thing in Health has been brought to you by Accenture, helping health insurers transform with intelligent automation. Visit Accenture.com backslash AHIP to download the free Intelligent Payer Survival Guide. To find out the top three business areas where payers can generate near-term value from artificial intelligence, visit Accenture.com backslash AHIP to see the latest research from Accenture. And be sure to follow hashtag Intelligent Payer on Twitter and LinkedIn. Remember to subscribe to The Next Big Thing in Health on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a rating and a review. Thanks for tuning in.